This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet and try to turn them into stories that are actually good. My name is Gabriel Urbina, and I am your first Bad Ideas host. My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm your second Bad Ideas host. And my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host. And it's been summer here at No Bad Ideas, and we've been on vacation, lazing on the beach. <laughs> That's right, isn't it? <laughs> No, we haven't. We haven't done any of that. There have been no beaches. It has been a very busy, very hectic June, but we're glad to be on the other side of it and hopeful that we can tell you more about what we were doing during that busy, hectic June sometime very, very soon. So excited. But for now, it is July. It is time to get back in the pit. The pit with all those bad ideas. And the humidity. It's bad ideas and humidity here in July. That's what the summer is really about. Mm-hmm. But what the show is about, if you haven't heard it before, is we take bad ideas that our colleagues have not seen. And we only have 10 short minutes to turn them into the beginning of a book, film, comic book, media property of some kind, experimental art installation. Although that would be very difficult to explain over a podcast. <laughs> Close your eyes and picture this. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Zach, I believe you have the first one for us. This. Oh. This freedom day. Do I ever? And uh, I'm just going to crack my knuckles and pull up from the New York Times via friend of the show, Kim Procise, a Texas man story. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. What is no bad ideas without (laughs) a man (laughs) from a state making bad decisions? (laughs) Florida man really got franchised. Anyway, (laughs) yeah. With all of that said, man resumed date after killing scammer over $40. Police say there's so much in there. Oh, my God. Strap in, guys. This one is a fucking doozy. When a man who was out on a date in Houston found out he had been duped out of $40 by someone pretending to be a parking attendant. Oh, my God. He ran out of the restaurant, fatally shot the scammer (gasps) and then, quote, nonchalantly returned. The authorities said, whoa, yeah. Uh, bigger in Texas. That's not a Texas thing. That's a psychopath thing. Yeah, that is a psychopath yeah. thing. Although also like loose gun restrictions have something to do with it. Um, the man, Eric Aguirre, 29, was arrested on Tuesday in Arkansas County, north of Corpus Christi, Texas, and charged with mm. murder in the death of Elliot Nix, 46, on April 11th. He was extradited to Harris County, where he was arraigned on Thursday and jailed on a $200,000 bond, according to court records. Brent Mayer, a lawyer for Mr. Aguirre, declined to comment on Friday. Yeah, I bet. According to charging documents, Mr. Aguirre was going out to eat on April 11th with Melanie Castillo, who said in a voluntary statement that she and Mr. Aguirre were dating. They drove separately to Rodeo Goat, a hamburger restaurant east of downtown Houston. I mean, that sounds like quality right there. I mean, (laughs) it's not any goat. Texas barbecue, I'm just saying. Yeah. After they parked, a man approached them and said that parking would cost $20 for each vehicle, but that their money would be reimbursed if they presented a receipt from their meal, according to the court document. 
Mr. Aguide paid the man and the couple went to Rodeo Goat. Uh-huh. But when they arrived at the restaurant, a worker there told the couple that that man was a scammer uh-huh. and that he did not work for the parking lot, the charging document said. Mm-hmm. Ms. Castillo said in her statement that Mr. Aguide then sprinted to his car as she waited on the corner in front of the restaurant. Jacob Ray, a witness who works at a smoke shop down the street from Rodeo Goat, told the police that he saw Mr. Aguide run to his vehicle and pull out a pistol, according to the court document. Mr. Ray told the police that Mr. Aguide then ran out of his view, but that he heard a gunshot and then saw Mr. Aguide nonchalantly walking back to his car with the gun in his hand, according to the charging document. (laughs) Mr. Ray told the police that he saw Mr. Aguide put the gun back into his vehicle and return to Rodeo Goat. It was unclear what kind of firearm Mr. Aguide had or whether he had purchased it legally. Governor Greg Abbott of Texas signed a sweeping law in 2021 allowing most adults 21 or over to carry a handgun without a license. Yeah, that's that's what you're saying. Like, that'll do it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Miss Castillo said that she did not see or hear what Mr. Aguide was doing after he ran off. She told investigators that he had returned a short time later and said that he had just scared the guy and everything was fine. I mean, death is scary. Yeah, death is super scary. Oh, yeah. Mr. Aguide and Miss Castillo then went inside the restaurant and were almost at their table when she said that he looked uncomfortable and suggested that maybe they go somewhere else to eat. <laughs> My God. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 get back in our car and go to a different parking lot and maybe this can all happen again. Yeah, it's about to get a little hot in this barbecue joint, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Houston Police Department said in a statement that its officers responded to reports of a shooting in the area that night and that they later found Mr. Nix unresponsive with a gunshot wound to the right side of his upper back. Mr. Nix was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead, the police said. Uh, Miss Castillo, who was interviewed by the police two days later after the shooting and a day after the police released surveillance photos of her and Mr. Aguide that had identified them as people of interest wanted for questioning in the shooting. She was released with no charges being filed against her. Uh, Rick DeToto, a lawyer for Miss Castillo, said that she was, quote, shocked to see a photo of herself on the news and to hear that she was a person of interest. Quote, she was devastated to learn of the death. She was simply having dinner with the defendant and was unaware of the shooting. Mr. Aguide's next court appearance is scheduled for June 27th. And with that horrifying story. Yeah, no, this is awful. That's terrible. I give you 10 minutes. Oh, boy. Oh, big boy. I mostly want to focus on goat rodeo. (laughs) Rodeo goat. Rodeo goat. Like, what what are they up to? What are they? Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, but that's a good idea. And they're out of bounds. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, I I don't want to deal with this. This is awful. I mean, I sort of love the like, what was that red haired uh gun-toting Looney Tune oh, character, like, Yosemite, uh, Sam. Yosemite Sam. Yeah, Yosemite yeah, Sam. she's like, I'm going to the rodeo go. And like somebody yeah. of that size and stature could theoretically rodeo a goat the way that you normally would a sure, fucking bronco. Sure. Yeah. I also am tickled by the idea of Yosemite Sam trying to date. I don't know if that Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoon ever got made, but it would be really funny. <laughs> He's on the apps now. He's on the apps. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... I'm so glad you swiped right. <laughs> He's got like one phone in each holster. Yeah, yeah, one is like. <laughs> Can you imagine Yosemite Sam on Bumble? Dedicated like Bumble phone, and then the other one is like a dedicated Tinder phone. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Cool. 
Like, I'm not I'm not sure where to begin with this. And you're right. Like, there's kind of a like you want to back off from it and you want to sort of abstract it somehow. And I'm a little bit would be to like make them into like Bonnie and Clyde or something like, you know, to kind of make it like a, a little bit more criminal and something where it's like guy takes girl out on date. Girl sees someone in the parking lot that is like. That's this guy that stole $50,000 from my mother or something. And she recognizes him, says something to the guy. The guy goes, I'll be right back, goes and, you know, kills the guy for revenge and then comes back and says, like, you know, let's let's say that it was because I got scammed so that you don't have to like Mm. do anything so that you don't have like any consequences. And then let's like, you know, cut to five years later. He had a great lawyer and only got like a short sentence for some reason. And then it's sort of like what happens when they get back out and go on a different crime spree or something like they keep going to prison for each other. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's kind of where my mind goes as a way to kind of turn this into a story. Alternatively, you could do just like two hours real time, the suspense thriller that is a guy scams basically like Liam Neeson from Taken. And then the next it's like, you know, the next two hours of movie is just like him trying to get away as this man implacably tries to track him down to get his money back. Yeah, that would that's funny. Yeah, Like a couple of months ago, I saw Sisu, which I highly recommend to everyone. And I'm like, what happens when like the guy from that movie who is a complete badass grandpa gets scammed out of $40 and is, you know, hold my beer. I'm going to go get my money back. I mean, it's $40 is money, but it's like not. Right. This is yeah, the like, principle of a thing of the thing guy. Right. Yeah. But, it's it's not two hours worth of revenge amount of money. No, it would it would really need to be like pickpocket ran into him and stole his wallet. And inside the yeah. wallet is like the only photo that he has of his son who tragically passed away at the age of 15 or something. Right. Something, like, you know, yeah, like there is something that is like, I'm going back there and getting my wallet back. Right. The first $2 bill that his dad gave him before he was fatally shot or whatever, you know. Exactly. Uh, something. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, never yeah, and I want to make again. it more of like a cat and mouse game where like we see one part of the movie from the perspective of the person who had this stolen from them and like them kind of trying to figure out where in Interstead sprawl of Houston this scammer has gone to. And then we switch to the scammer's point of view and like they're also probably on a deadline of like they need to get this much money to like this person in a certain amount of time to square a debt. Otherwise bad things happen to their family and like then like Yeah, you Tarantino this up a notch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then they sort of meet at this impasse and have like a Tarantino-esque Mexican standoff kind of a thing. And maybe they both team up. And they crash into a pawn shop and Sorry, can you Tarantino this up a notch? It's just like a 20 minute scene about oral sex that has nothing to do with the plot. <laughs> well, well, look, look, we didn't... this runtime isn't going to get to two hours 50 by itself. OK, <laughs> OK, we need Darren, to go away. <laughs> we need to we, we need to get it up there. Oral sex and obscure references to the seven ups we need to put <laughs> yeah, exactly, in here. Exactly. <laughs> But but like make it an action and adventure thing that like eventually requires their cooperation is sure, 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 sure. How I'm thinking about it. So it's not just like taken or John Wick or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, and I like that idea of perspective, Sarah. I would actually flip it around where you start Mm. with Uh. the scammer. 
And then like this guy is like coming after him in full Terminator mode. And the guy is like, Holy I shit. only took $20 from this dude. Like, what is the fucking the problem? Fuck? Yeah. Um, and then you get like for the other side of it and you understand like what it was that the guy had in the wallet. Right. In that case, I feel like the resolution <laughs> of it is the Terminator character is sort of like won over slowly by the end to help him. Like, yeah. you know, write his debt. You know what it could be? This is going to be a hilarious throwback to the last episode that we did before a mini hiatus. Mm-hmm. But somewhere in the wallet, he has the piece of paper that his father gave him, which has the exact coordinates of where the gold is buried in the desert. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There's buried treasure. There's of buried there treasure. Is. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. the scammer yeah. is just kind of like, I don't know, it's some piece of paper with like some numbers written on it. I don't care. I am only here for, you know, these two $20 bills. No, no, no. And, and and, and when Terminator Man realizes that Scammer Man is only scamming because he's stuck in the same situation that Terminator Man's daddy was that got him killed, mm. then he's like, all right, all right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then they team up to take out the like corrupt boss. Right, that right. The loan shark That's or right. whatever. Yeah. And there's a, obviously a gigantic showdown in the desert on top of the buried treasure. <laughs> yeah. And because it's because it's a Tarantino movie now, I guess, like he licenses ecstasy of gold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Ennio Morricone will be bumping. Absolutely. I think we solved it. I don't know what it's called. Absolutely not. We yeah. have two um, minutes on the clock to figure both that out as well as the uh, lead and potentially supporting cast. Good, good, good main role for Bob Odenkirk. Oh uh, yeah, oh, truly. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. yeah! It's like Odenkirk, and um, you could do like a Breaking Bad reunion. You could have um, Aaron Paul. Yeah, you could have Aaron Paul as the scammer. <laughs> oh, that's they very didn't get good. enough scenes together. And then you yeah. have, and then and then you have Cranston as the boss. Yeah, no, like it's just that's like it. uh, it's that's just it. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince Gilligan, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't you want to yeah. make another movie that isn't El Camino? And yeah, and it's called like. I want my wallet back or something. I don't know. Something, uh, yeah. Something yeah. very, um, like very simple. direct and very, like, yeah. you know, you took my wallet. Maybe like what's die. mine or something. Ah, uh, I, I, I like that. I, that's, a, that's, that's cute. I, I, I quite like it. What's mine? What's mine is mine. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe just mine. <laughs> Ooh, I, I Ooh. quite like that. Because the gold is hidden in, in a mine. mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the eventual. Galaxy yeah, brain. Galaxy brain. That is the eventual reveal. Like, you know, they have to go into a mine at the end because that's uh-huh, where the gold uh-huh. is hidden. That's right. Yeah. Incredible stuff. <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, no. And it's like broken up into chapters and there's like Mm -hmm. interludes and shit, including like the Christopher Walken styles, you know, like flashback to his dad telling him about the gold and giving him the piece of paper. That's right. His dad can be played by Jonathan Banks. (laughs) Yeah. Boom. Done and done. Get everybody in. (laughs) We're sorry if you haven't seen Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. Yeah, no, I think this is I think this is great. I don't know who Giancarlo can play, but like there will be somebody somewhere in there. And with that, that is time. Mine. I love it. Fantastic work. (laughs) (laughs) It took us a while. It took us like a second of like staring at the bomb and being like, Oh, uh, yeah. That idea is just so horrible. I was definitely on the fence about it because it's it's at that line of like, is this just too bad? Is this just like, <laughs> no? It's one of those things where like you hear the headline and you're like, wow, that is hor- That is so horrible that it's funny. And then you like read the article and you're like, like no, it is just, just horrible. so horrible. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> but we well, we well, we got somewhere. We got somewhere. We, we got there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And I'm glad that we did not run further than we did with the, the Yosemite Sam dating yes. Sam yes. video game. <laughs> we'll do that another another time. But let's let's go yeah. have some barbecue and then we'll come back for another bad idea. Hey there, Zach Valenti here with a quick reminder that if you love No Bad Ideas or any of the podcasts Gabrielle, Sarah, and I create, you can support us with a monthly membership at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. For as little as $1 a month, you can get access to the No Bad Ideas back catalog and hear every bad idea we've ever done. And as an Idealist member, you could even snag a special shout out in the credits. You can learn more and sign up today at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. Once more, that's nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. All right. And with that, let's get back to the show. We are back. We have had goats and rodeo, and now we have time for another bad idea. Hit us with your best shot, Sarah. You know, I haven't brought actual violence, which is good, but I have brought another unique facet of America Mm. for us to consider. This comes to us, friends, from Kotaku. The, okay, the video yeah. game site sure. and listeners, you can read along if you would so choose in the episode description. And this is from friend of the show, Ben Swardlow. Ah, lovely. Awesome. Who put me onto this and it's unreal. So I'm just going to read it. Let's go. So we start. Magic the Gathering YouTuber says that the Pinkertons threatened him with a $200,000 fine and jail time. What? Now, um, remind me, the Pinkertons are like law enforcement officials, right? Well, or- no. <laughs> Is it just a family called the Pinkertons? The Pinkertons are... The, the article will actually explain. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So uh, this is a more detailed reporting of an initial report. So yesterday, when this article was published in April, Kotaku reported that Magic the Gathering maker Wizards of the Coast had sent Pinkerton detectives after a YouTuber after he oh. erroneously purchased an upcoming booster box for the collectible card game ahead of its release date. Today, the streamer revealed more details about what exactly these rent a said to convince him to surrender wow. his cards. The Pinkertons I'm, I'm have sorry, been... I need to put my foot down. Whatever we're doing, it's called rent-a-cops. Uh, like, I don't make the rules here. I just, I, the, I just follow you them. Know, hey, hey, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. The Pinkertons have been around since, like, the Civil War as, like, a private security force. Ah, fascinating. Okay. Yep. So, YouTuber Dan Cannon said in a video that he had purchased, not yet released, March of the Machine, colon, Aftermath, booster boxes on Friday from a local dealer while thinking they were part of the recently released March of the Machine set, I guess an earlier version of the set. It seems likely that someone in Wizards Distribution Network had screwed up perhaps sending the wrong boxes due to the similarly named product lines. And he ended up with magic cards that aren't supposed to be for sale. After he posted about these cards online, Pinkerton agents showed up to intimidate him into giving the cards back to Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast has confirmed to Kotaku via email that it employed the private detectives as part of its investigation. Quote, 
The Pinkerton agents cited several statutes about copyright infringement and some other things threatening one to 10 years of jail and up to $200,000 in fines if I failed to cooperate, Dan Cannon told Kotaku over an email. Hmm. They also said that if I didn't hand over the product, they would call the county sheriff and detain us until they arrived to arrest us and search my house for the product and that they would most likely force us to show receipts for every magic card in the house. (laughs) Which? <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, yeah. He, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> the best parentheses of all times. Cannon wrote parentheses, which is literally over a million cards. <laughs> <laughs> Kotaku reached out to Wizards but did not receive a comment by the time of publication. If the Pinkertons claimed that they were going to account for over a million cards, that's really diligent of them. It's little wonder that corporations have relied on them to responsibly, I think that means reliably, bust unions and surveil workers. Kotaku reached out to Pinkerton to ask whether or not this procedure is typical of their investigations, but did not receive a reply by the time of publication. Pinkerton advertises itself these days as a, quote, risk management and security company. But the organization has had a sordid role in American history as strike breakers and union busters. They are no longer shooting steel mill workers or infiltrating railroad strikes, but their recent history is no less anti-labor. Amazon reportedly used Pinkertons to spy on European workers who engage in union activism, which is a bad idea. And tech companies such as Facebook and Google have also hired the agency to spy on their own employees. Cannon has told Kotaku that he is currently unsure about pursuing any legal action for the harassment. So I have for you the Pinkertons, which are generally a bad idea, and then counting a million (laughs) magic cards. (laughs) All right. So put 10 minutes on the clock. I'm going to put 10 minutes on a timer. All right. So let's go back to mine for a second. So Aaron Paul Uh bumps into Bob Odenkirk and steals his packet of unreleased magic cards. (laughs) (laughs) And that's actually what sets off the Tarantino rampage of revenge. All right. I just needed to get that joke out of my system. Now let's actually put our heads together and think about this one. This is bringing me in a flashback to many years ago, a good friend of the show, Lee Matos and his obsession with magic cards manifesting a magic card scanning system where you could just like flash the card in front of a webcam for a second and it would like just kind of put yeah, it like into your computer the yeah, on yeah, his, yeah. like on the spreadsheets that he was building Whoa. it was very very cool it's like you put that with a cash machine counter and you just power through those million <laughs> cards in a second i don't know why i'm like nerding out about this so hard it has nothing to do with storytelling world building world building I mean, magic is is a very nerdy, honorable pursuit, so I'm here for it. Yeah. Where my brain goes is something like, you know, to bring back another thing that is becoming rapidly becoming a staple of NBI storytelling. We could bring back Hmm. the bumbling spies trope. And it's something where, you know, some spies have some crucial bit of code or something hidden in a magic card. Like somebody creates like a magic card. And if you look at it in a particular light, some of the letters are more bolded than others. And if you write down those letters, that's like the nuclear launch code. 
But unfortunately, they drop the card and the wind sweeps it into Magic Card Con, the convention for people that love magic cards. And then it's kind of, you know, yes. we need to find the magic card. Everyone is like, yeah, there's literally millions of them here. Just like grab some packs. And these guys are going, no, 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 no. We need to find one very particular magic card. <laughs> and, you know, and like people are doing like drafts and they're passing cards around and they're, you know, like mixing them up. So like... Shuffling. Yeah, beyond that, though, I don't yeah. have a very great idea about where the story would go. Just I like that image of like these guys, you know, bursting in through the doors and finding to their horror that their particular magic card is just blown into a place where there are millions of them. I mean, if this is the launch of sort of the the Magic the Gathering cinematic universe, <laughs> then like clearly they have to win a tournament to get the card oh, they need. Sure. Oh, man. Sure. However, I don't play Magic, and so I don't know, like, how cinematic we can make that, I'm just saying, Bond did it. I was literally True. just thinking about True. that. Casino Royale. Uh, a professor yeah. of ours back in college sort of gave a very interesting lecture about the problem with making a movie about poker or about card playing is that inevitably you need to have to be somehow walking all the people in the audience that don't know or give a shit about poker through the mechanics of poker. Yeah. And the problem with magic is that it is a extremely complicated, right? Far more complicated system. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh was a successful TV show, so that's true. I guess it can happen. Question mark. Yu-Gi-Oh also had like real monsters that like, well, in in the world. Like that you could Wasn't hang it like out Pokemon with and stuff. In the like the the way the show was presented, Yu Gi Oh and Digimon oh, are different. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cardinal Sin. Yu Gi Oh is, yes. is yes. cards. Yeah, and at least as far as but it was a fantasy. No, world. I don't think so. I think that it was uh, like from what I remember, it was literally like it was a card game. It's, we are wasting so much time on this sentence. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was a card game. You still have and it over was five such minutes. a like successful card game that like a billionaire had created a system where you could put the cards down in like these tables and it would create holographic representations right. of the monsters on the cards. I'm sorry to all yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah, yeah. fans who are screaming <laughs> at us right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Kaiba Corp. This is a word that I have in Kaiba my brain Corp. for some reason. Oh my God, so shrug. Woof. Yeah. Anyhow, back <laughs> to productive things. But someone could do that for magic. Yes. And, uh, you know, you could, yeah, have a more involved, more perilous tournament of some kind. Yeah. Because I mean, like within the fiction yeah. of uh, now, I'm going to also piss off the magic fans because I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if we because haven't I'm already. <laughs> someone that is super knowledgeable about these things. But my understanding of it is that. It is kind of within the lore of the world. It is like two wizards that are fighting each other and they carry out that fight by summoning like monsters and spells and things. So you could have just like you film the battle and it's like adapting the lore rather than the card game itself. I still don't know how to bring this back to our man with the... Our bumbling spies. yeah, Yeah, to the bumbling spies or to the millions of cards that must be accounted for. Well, I mean, at that point, they need to recruit somebody who can go win the the, the wizard competition uh-huh. for them. Who I mean is on the mountain. Oh, they need top. a ringer, uh-huh. right? Right. Somebody on the mountaintop who's just like brought in. But then, in my mind, the twist would be that person is in it for the cards themselves, and so it's like sort of pulling the heist on the heisters. Like it becomes I like it. Yeah, it's sort of like combination card thriller slash heist. Sure. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. And then. You 
you know, you have sort of like this group of elite magic players who all have their different styles and tendencies and our bumbling spies have to like interview each of them and figure out who they're going to go with. And it ends up like the only people they can get is like a, a real underdog. But like she's really good at magic and is ultimately going to go all the way kind of a thing, but is also secretly in it for this card that she's going to destroy so that the government can't use it or something. Hide in a deck. I don't know. I don't know how it yeah. ends. So is the protagonist the spies or is the protagonist like the ringer that gets recruited? Hmm. Or maybe yeah. it's like maybe it's like the daughter of one of the spies who is really into magic and, you know, her dad has not been taking that seriously or has been sort of, you know, saying like, oh, when are you going to outgrow that kid's game? You're already 16. You should be past that. And then all of a sudden he needs the skills. I like that idea. I mean, it could also be like a C-3PO R2-D2 thing where okay. we start the movie with uh-huh. them and then we go and then we to... Meet the real hero. Yeah, exactly. The only reason that she's going to be at this tournament is she lives in the town where it's happening, but then like runs into these spies and gets caught up in this whirlwind adventure. And she's the only one who like trusts and believes them. They can't get anybody else to play for them. So it's got to be her kind of a thing. Right. And maybe she's like in a pinch and can't afford the entry fees. So it sort of it works out for everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can dig all of this. Yeah. A minute and a half. Who who's in it? Um... Anya Taylor-Joy is too old to do the Queen's Gambit thing again. It's true. But um, I don't know. Does Jenna Ortega want a lifetime endorsement from Magic the Gathering? <laughs> oh, she'd be perfect for this. Yeah. And she's still got several years of playing a high schooler in front of her. So <laughs> She needs to deal with that. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. I got a potential title. Oh, hit us. Played. Mm. Mm, I like it. That's that's nice and layered. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Who's getting played? Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. And obviously, Cole and the Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Subtitle: sure, Don't sure, hate sure. the game, hate the player. Right. That's right. that's the tagline. Yeah. So wait. So Sarah, so you're saying you that go. it would be played colon magic colon the gathering colon the movie oh my god yes sasha baron cohen that is, is just, exactly just stood up I'm and started slow clapping and doesn't know why <laughs> He's one of the spies. Ooh, that's really good <laughs> that's, that's great, that's great. <laughs> oh and that's time <laughs> Thank you for giving this idea exactly the consideration that it deserved. I think I really my brain that. never recovered from, uh, we want receipts for all your magic cards. Like, I think it's short circuited and it's still just like only at 40% capacity. <laughs> it's so good. That's such a wild uh, statement. That's so. It's such a wild, petty thing. If only they thing. had yeah. stood their ground and, and gone, sh- sounds like a plan. <laughs> Hope you have a decade. Right, right, right. We're going to start gathering those for yeah. you right away. Yeah, the new gathering in Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> We've never gathered so hard. <laughs> Wow, I think my brain is now at 40% capacity. I think that's it. <laughs> This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show possible. And a special shout out to our idealist members, Jeffrey Felsher, Gemma, Rena, Robert Johnson, and Leap Flame. 
Today's episode features music by State Shirt and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you really love this show, let us know by leaving a rating and review wherever you listen and consider sharing it with someone you love.